the following pen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the commentary for season 10, episode 6 of The Kingery, Day of the Helmet. With me for this commentary, of course, I'm the director, Dave Morgan, and here's the writer of the episode, Pete Milan. Hey, how you doing? And my lovely assistants, Bruce Busby. Hello. And James Rossi. Hello. All right, and we are starting off in a, another new bar, The Dead Channel. I like the name of that. Yeah, a lot of uh, the references in this uh, episode all all come from William Gibson and uh, and Neuromancer. So uh, the first line of Neuromancer is the sky was the color of television tuned to a dead channel. So I thought that would be a good uh, name for a bar. Yeah, Yeah, I would I would unironically go to that bar. (laughs) I I would drink there. Well, you made it sound good. This was uh, James's scene here in the in the bar. We got Julia Eve as the barkeep, uh, Renee Christine Jones as Ms. Chosette, uh, Sean Trail shows up as Gib, and Phoenix Emerson Slater as Audrey. Audrey, yes, Audrey, yes. Slowly but surely catching up with everybody over the course of the season. Um, Fox, the only one really that seems to have gone off on her lonesome. Yeah, she is. Uh, she has larger problems than uh, than most of the other, you know, uh, Arkell family. If you remember from last season, uh, the thing she has in her head uh, makes people's brains blow up. Yes, uh, not not a good thing. Yeah. And not everybody has tinfoil helmets, so she got her own. Drying my hair. No. No. I love I love the bit in the moment here where she's going spirit magic helmet. Got a shout out to the classics now and then. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Just. Oh, you know. Miss Chosette. <laughs> I feel like any good writer probably has, like, Bugs Bunny bouncing around in their head at somewhere. Neither. My case is usually Daffy Duck just does. bouncing yeah. around. But, My assistant said you need someone found. Explains a lot. You were unwilling to come into the office for some reason? I don't like crowds. And yes, I need to find someone. I don't like crowds. I don't like your office because it's crowded, but you are. <laughs> well, it's fine. Well, it's not a very crowded bar. And she's probably at the <laughs> uncrowded <laughs> channel. Come on. Yeah. I've come into some information. Just, I figured this is like a, this this planet that they're on is just, you know, if if the la- if the place I wrote about last time where, uh, uh, what the hell is her name? Purple Tentacles. Tithia. Uh, where she's living um, is like Mass Effect. This is more Blade Runner. This is all, you know, sort of dark and... Cyberpunky. Yes. Spending his time on this roach motel of a planet. And of course, we've got references again to Afro Arlo, who we've heard of a couple episodes ago. So, following up on leads. See for yourself. Hmm. Hmm. picture. Well, shit. I like that. I can say that I'm local. That was a little line. And the barkeep's like, "All right." So, what do you want me to do? I want you to find out where he's hiding. Then I want you to escort me there. You'll stay with me while I work out a deal with him. Possibly longer. I'm not a and this is some very good uh, noir uh, dialogue here. I'm, I'm not a bodyguard. bodyguard. I'll pay you triple. I'm a bodyguard. <laughs> Thank you. This is this is so, like, you know, old-style blonde walks into the office thing, you know. It's a bit like an episode of a different, of a different show. 
Yeah. Well, a lot of these have been. Then, yeah, you know, that's been pretty much every episode of The King Reads so far this season. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude. Uh, like Straight this... Light is another uh, neuromancer reference. I thought he'd never. Yeah, I've liked how this like this intro is kind of low key, like, but there's still plenty going on. God, I like who sent it. Ah, <laughs> uh, socks still has game. <laughs> And this is uh, the Undercroft, which uh, kind of like Mos Espa, I, I picture it. Yeah, it's a uh, sort of an underground uh, flea market uh, to uh, for tech. Yes. Fools, weapon detectors, fun at parties. <laughs> what, what made that come out? I, I don't know. I just you know figured figure, pictured a couple of uh, you know different aliens uh, shouting out uh, you know trying to get people to buy stuff, right? Probably very good. And uh, our hustlers, are, uh, I got it. Our Sharon and Busi as hustler number one, and Sarah Wheatley as number two, and Dylan Gilstein as Sterling. Follow yes. me. Is this guy on somebody's bad side? I don't think so. <laughs> I remember when I cast him, I remember thinking, this guy kind of reminds me of Lando in Solo. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of that. This guy likes capes. And he's uh, playing uh, playing both sides against uh, against the middle. Well, yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, that's the whole thing. That's the one. He calls himself Afo Alo. And from what I've seen... Who, who and came up with the Afo Arlo name? To be just slightly disturbingly so, wet. <laughs> yes, in, in my sense. So he's, he's you know working on something. We should get together sometime. Drink some drinks. Afo Arlo first made an appearance in episode three, and I'm yeah. sure who wrote that? But I'm sure it was group stuff. You that was Perry that did that episode. Came so. ah, okay. Now we get up to the penthouse here. Um, this shows that Biz is getting sapphic in the next room. I ended up that kind of ended up getting buried under the fountain there. Yeah, this 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 started out as sort of a, a more a more comedic and chaotic scene, and uh, I just I didn't feel like sucks. But once I'd written it, I didn't feel like socks was actually going to be in that kind of mood. Yeah, they're cuddling because she she likes that just as much sometimes. Naked cuddling. Yes. Like the so the, the was a, a, a déshabillé. Well, yeah, because in at least from a French I know and the French he knew, just like déshabillé is like what it's supposed to be. <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. That's all I know. I thought you were a French speaker. No. Oh, I well. I don't talk no French. <laughs> I failed French in high school. It's the only the only class I ever got an F in. Really? Yes. Yeah, I got an F in sex ed. I don't know what that means. <laughs> means you need to talk to your wife. I, fortunately, I'm not married. I've been the same lady for 39 years, but I'm not married. Well, fair enough. See, I know something uh, some people don't know. Yes. <laughs> of course, it's a nice little ad lib here from uh, Renee. Uh, that was really juicy sounding. <laughs> the, the kissing? Yeah. <laughs> As Socks put it, this is her revenge for for making Pete do all these things where he's kissing his hand. Now <laughs> Renee has to do it as well. Oh, what? Nice. That's too pretty. <laughs> I apologize for interrupting your evening. It's okay. 
And, and Fox is nice and wasted here. She's feeling very floaty. Yes. No, you're doing plenty for the both of us. Like his name is Git. <laughs> I spent too much time doing what everyone else wanted me to do. I was in demand, you know. Everyone wanted me. I was pitchy. It's enormous. But no. Yes, I remember that back in season four and five when she was titsy enormous. I found your Afo Arlo. What? Uh, the actual name was what was it? Uh, polyamorous. Polyamorous. Yes, of course. Pun names are fun. Now, Gib, you go home and pour yourself a scotch and think about the dame that got away or whatever private eyeballs do at night. Private eyeballs. Renee gave me such great giggles, I just kind of sprinkled them out through all under this whole thing. Good drunken snork sounds. That's... Then he disappeared, and out of nowhere, he leaves a trail for you to find? I mean, who are you anyway? <laughs> Someone who needs the best. No, the first time, the, again, the Almost. first time I wrote this, she sort of invited, it was, it was, this was like her sort of inviting him into the bedroom with, with uh, her and her friends. Mm -hmm. There were multiple friends at the time. And then I remember, wait, why would Sox want to do that with this dude? Yeah. So instead, it's just sort of a drunken tease. Miss Chosette. Mm. He has to think about how to put this. I do. You also look like you haven't been eating enough and drugging it up way too much. And before dropping the truth bomb on her. I'm trying to forget. You came to the right planet. Call me tomorrow when you're ready. Good night, Miss Josette. This dude's really down on his planet. Great elevator sound. Mm -hmm. Well, he lives there. He knows what yeah. it's like. <laughs> well, I decided for whatever reason that this penthouse should have a lot of very old-timey sounds. So the elevator is old-time sound. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. It's that's what the whole black that's, that and white... That is kind of how I, well, I pictured it. Let's see if we can't put a smile back on that face. <laughs> By the way, what's with the helmet? <laughs> I, I was wondering. I was wondering if she was still wearing the helmet. Oh yeah, she's wearing it all the oh, time. Yeah, she does do because otherwise, you know, Bra brains go melting. Hurt people. We make do. Are we getting close? Yeah, there's a lot of information I am not caught up on. They're worth it, you know. Never seen someone who's. I love this conversation we're getting in on the middle of um, here. I had to have something about eyes just for yes. James Hong in, in Blade Runner. I exactly. Do eyes. I only do eyes. That's uh, Kendra Murray as Dina. Brief mm -hmm. appearance. Mr. Arlo. Who's asking? My name is Chosette. Can we talk inside? Sure. Sure. Gib. There's something I forgot to mention. <sighs> what now? If he tries to remove my helmet without permission, shoot him. What? <laughs> Trust me and do it. <laughs> now then, what can I do for you? I need to have some implants removed. What kind of implants are we talking? 
I picture this office looking like the doctor's office in the 1989 Batman movie. Yeah, there's, I'm, I'm sure there's like a bulletin board with a lot of papers stuck to it. And mm -hmm. Tools that stuff lying around that look great. And the sound effects there just says, well, yeah, that's, that's one of the many helpful sound effects you get here. Cues <laughs> like that. Don't touch her. Not planning to. <laughs> Michelle said, is it all right if I take a reading from your helmet? It'll show me what I'm dealing with here. All right. Beep, boop, beep. Oh, it's one of these. <laughs> okay, well, good news is I can get that junk out of your skull. No problem. What's the bad news? Bad no Oh. No, no, no I bad news. didn't mean to say that. Uh, sure, but... Are you saying you can remove the implants without damaging? And uh, Justin was actually still recovering from massive flu lung crud, so he sounds particularly raspy this episode, which works great. The implants, right? So, if we take them out, we might not just lower your IQ. But wait, there's more. Wipe your slate clean. I wish that mattered to me. And she gives good luck. That was a very Good, Stop. timely line. Those implants are as dangerous and as wait a second. You can't Did he just them. say socks? What if that helmet fails or runs out of power? I know, but... Ding. I... You called me socks. <laughs> Music changes. <laughs> yeah, nice little uh, symbol uh, trill on that. Okay, yes. on the table. Now, come on, Miss Chosette. I'll still be here when you change your mind. <laughs> still playing the part. In the ass. Briggs, not gonna be ass. happy. No, she not. <laughs> and we're back in uh, the uh, the stray light yeah, in Sox's penthouse. He's not gonna hurt and you. And she goes right to the bar. Him. Don't you understand? This is supposed to be it. Over. Done. I find the best and Renee here just gives some great, great reads with the despair and the, and this I is what happened. Live my life and just, yeah, this it, is it how was, my life is going to shit. I, I really uh, was looking forward to writing, uh, writing uh, a script for, uh, for Renee to, uh, to sink her teeth into. And uh, she's really done a great job. And they screamed. And they bled. And they died. Maybe. Well, that's maybe something to drop on somebody. Find someone else who can do the work. Someone respectable, not sketchy like Arlo. <laughs> well, I still have these two, two options. Live with a weapon inside my head and a helmet. I can never take off. Yeah, it worked for Merlin. Or. I like who I am now. I'm smart. I read for actual pleasure. I, I don't want to go back to who I was. I can't. I'm better than that now. <sighs> such such pathos. Love it. And what's that? How much would you charge to shoot someone, Gib? Someone who wanted it. Someone who'd rather die than hurt anyone else ever again. Someone for whom a quick death would be a mercy. You don't have enough money to make me do that, Miss Chosette. Hmm. You are sweet. 
Nice, perfect response to something like that. You think about one of the one of the first people she killed was basically the closest she had to a girlfriend, significant other. Pretty much, yeah. It's Allison. Socks. Sir. Allison's calling. That again. That keeps coming up. And yet here we are with Allison. Uh, Melissa Autumn Hearn is Allison, Caitlin Kleiman is Chris, and Christine Chester is Aaron. And Melissa is just doing a fabulous job of giving us exhaustion, but still wanting to keep fighting. No, it's a protein bar. It's barely food. I promise it tastes like shit. I've had some protein bars in in the recent memory. Yeah, they're so awful. Yeah. <laughs> I think they fill them with sawdust. That's moderately better than cardboard. Then Allison, woman of action. As she... After thinking about it in a moment... <laughs> rams the protein bar into Chris's eye and throws the glass in Aaron's face. <laughs> and that and last... tease real yeah. good. Chris has always been the grumpy one, and this hasn't helped. <laughs> what about her? What about her? Leave her on the ground. We'll try again later, okay? And I've been mostly leaving music out of these scenes, but for this scene, I decided, yeah, we need something first off to get the action cue, so you get that little bit of hope. Maybe something's gonna happen. And then it gets taken away. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> crying angels or whatever it is. It's a very sad episode of the Kingery. It really is. It's really dark. Of course, we've never done that before. No. <laughs> that's actually uh, that's it for the episode, and that's a wrap that's... on me for this season. I'm, yes, I'm you're done. Oh. You're done with writing. You've you've done your time in mine. So. See you in season eleven. Yes. And uh. First here's Julia with the credits, and uh, yeah, that's it for the episode. Uh, it's also the last, last one for James. He's uh, moving on to Shakespeare after this. Pretty excited. So, well that's done, me. you. And, uh, I, thank I've you got to miss the kangaroo, though. Oh, it's okay. We'll, we'll always be with guys. this Proc. Okay. You never know, Proc can come back at any time. Yeah, it's, he has a habit of doing that. <laughs> Even if it's just in dreams, he can still come back. <laughs> You never and know. You never know at the Kingery. And with that, we are done here. Um, thanks to everybody for joining us. Leave us a review on iTunes. We love those. Uh, join us on Discord. Uh, join us on Twitter, which I think, at Pendant Web. Uh, that's pretty much it. We'll be here in about another month with Episode 7, which will be the last one for this half of the season. And that'll be uh, with Jeffrey Bridges again. So that'll be fun. And we'll finally maybe... Find out more, directed by or maybe we'll just keep teasing you a, a little longer. We're good at that. Who can say? Who knows? Anyway, until next time, we'll see ya. This production is Bye. Later. The Kingery, created by Jeffrey Bridges, Susan Bridges, Macaulay Eaton, John Hardin, and Teresa J. McGarry. Copyright 2019. Pendant Productions. For more information, visit pendantaudio.com. Thanks for listening.